0: Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi wa riyatihi wa ahli baithihi, wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawm wa ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And Ramadan Mubarak, Allah Ta'ala from His Tawfiq has given us the unworthy, the happiness from His Fadl and from His Grace to see these Mubarak days and nights and moments of Ramadan uh, that we need so desperately. Uh, It seems that every year that goes by is more and more devoid of Barakah, and uh, we need to take advantage of what we can get from where we can get it. So, uh, again, as a reminder, uh, last year I started these Majalis, uh, these sittings in Ramadan out of You know, a type of, of, I guess, missing the company of the mashaykh uh, uh, in the khanqah back home, mashallah. By Allah's fadl, I had the opportunity to study from a number of different mashaykh. And I never read from anybody except for I had at the time, and I still maintain the belief inside of my heart that They were the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Each one of them unique in their uh, rank and in their graces that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them both intellectual and spiritual. And so uh, after the Salat al-Taraweeh and the Khanqah, which would be read um, at a very very, uh, slow and enjoyable pace, usually there would be about the closest thing that, that we would get to a break where uh, people would sit together and maybe drink some tea uh, which would be handed out and if anyone brought uh, any food or snacks or sweets to the khanqah they would be uh, handed out in a majlis in which the ash'ar and the poetry of the mashaykh would be read and the, um, the, the stories of the awliya would be told as a kind of a spiritual and functional rest and repose from the Taraweeh and before the rigors of Tahajjud. So uh, missing those Majalis and those gatherings. uh, Last year, we uh, decided to, I guess, try to recreate as much as we could. Uh, Unfortunately, the Mashaikh are not here with me uh, physically. Uh, So the second best thing is for them to be with me uh, uh, at least uh, in my in my memory and in my thoughts. Um, the Rasul ﷺ said in a really beautiful hadith, I think which sums up uh, a great part of our aqidah and our tasawwuf, al-mar'u ahabba, that uh, uh, a man will be with the one that he loves. Uh, and so perhaps by generating the the love of uh, the Ahlullah in the heart for just a couple of minutes, uh, one can do the best that they can to recreate that 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 spiritual and that uh, that enlightened uh, state that we used to feel when we would sit at the feet of our mashaykh and elders many of whom are not with us anymore so there were two books that i mainly read from for these majalis last year um, one was the tadhkirah Mashayikh Chisht of uh, Hazrat Sheikh al-Hadith Ma'ana uh Zakariya, rahimullah ta'ala uh, the uh, the Memory of the Mashaikh of Chisht uh, uh, and, uh, A reference to the Chishtiya, Chishtiyah uh, To which most of the Mashaikh I, I read from at least in the East belong to And the other was the Kashwal Mahjub Which is probably, uh, probably one of the most uh, uh, well-respected And definitely one of the oldest books written on the subject of tasawuf on the subject of tasawuf and originally written in the Persian language written by uh, the Sheikh Ali Hajwari who was strangely enough buried in Lahore centuries before it would become a Muslim city Uh, one of the first who came to uh, the Indian subcontinent the city of Lahore in order to give Dawah to the people Uh, his mazar and his his, uh, grave uh, and the masjid attached to it now form the sacred heart of the city, and uh, uh, he is uh, he is one of the most well-respected uh, Muslim personages, as well as one of the earliest Muslim personages in the, uh, in the northern part of the Indian subcontinent. So his book, The Kashwal Mahjub, also forms some parts of the readings as well. So inshallah, we'll continue with uh, both of those books, and perhaps uh, some nights read from other books. Um, and so... The discussion actually starts with Reynold Nicholson, uh, his translation of the al-Mahjub. that I asked my sheikh uh, Sayyid Nafis uh, Anwar Hussain Shah, may Allah Ta'ala uh, make his grave filled with, with light and have mercy on him and give him a rank with the awliya of Allah Ta'ala and one that fits a, 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 the member of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who he was and uh, the honor of which he upheld with grace and nobility. Um... I once asked him about Nicholson's translation of the Kashwal Mahjub, uh, commenting that it seemed actually really high quality to me. And he he agreed, he said it it actually is high quality. And he did very exacting work and it's possible that nobody else could have done a better job than what he did. And so he asked me about Nicholson, he said, did Nicholson ever become a Muslim? And I replied that not to my knowledge, I don't think he ever did. And he asked me, then, why? Why do you think? Why do you think it is that he never became a Muslim? And I, I, I said to him, I said that Nicholson and a number of other old school hard Orientalists, um, many of them seem to have a very, uh, a very deep respect for Tasawwuf, for Sufism, and for the spiritual tra- tradition and heritage that Islam brought, but they were unable to. I guess, come to terms with the the fact that these swarthy and uh, dark-skinned and poor and uh, uh, strange uh, people uh, from the East whom we have militarily dominated so completely, it's hard to believe that they actually have something uh, better than what we have or they have something that we can learn from them or something that, that they can offer us. And so... Uh, You know, I think that I told the sheikh. I said, I think that a lot of them tried to at least convince themselves that Sufism must have been something from further east, from Buddhism or from Hinduism or from uh, uh, some sort of eastern philosophy. uh, Or it, it must have been something that they learned from the Christians or whatever. And it can't have come from Islam. But that's a patently irrational belief. And they only held it because of their takabbur and their, their inability to come to terms with, with the fact that their material, or not even material, just specifically military superiority, um, was, uh, was something that, that, that wasn't a complete civilizational dominance, but just a, an ability to kill people uh, more efficiently than others. And because of that arrogance, they were unable to come to terms with Islam and benefit from it. And the sheikh said the sheikh said this is you know he said that's essentially what this is essentially what my uh, uh, assessment of these people was as well. but at any rate, Nicholson did a good job with the translation, but one of the I guess one of the 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 tragic tragically most silly things that he did in his translation of the Kashful Mahjub, uh, which a great part of which is uh, biographies of the awliya and of the mashaykh, is that he literally omitted the the section in the Kashwal al-Mahjub, which is the biography of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because Tasawwuf is nothing without Rasulullah. Deen is nothing without Rasulullah. Imagine that that a person will be with the one that they love. Uh, if you don't have the love of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa the near Tasawwuf is going nowhere. I mean, literally, it's going nowhere. Um, it's going nowhere worth going at any rate. So you see that... Uh, uh, Nicholson kind of dismisses offhand the mention of the biography of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, as some sort of like pro forma obligatory show of piety, uh, as if it doesn't really belong inside of the book. And so there's this whole book on everything else regarding Tasawwuf and it doesn't. It I mean, he literally skips over the the prophetic biography, the sira. And so I wanted to start this year. By reading the Sirah of the Prophet Wasallam, which is also a part of the Taskirah Mashayikh Chisht, except for the Taskirah Chisht was written by Hazrat Sheikh Sheikh Hadis Maulana Zakariya Rahimahullah Ta'ala, and it was translated by Muslim, and see how the difference between the approach to the Deen between a kafir and a Muslim is. Uh, why? Why do I say that? Because. Um, the kafir literally cut out the most important and the most precious part of the book and threw it away as if it's uh, something that, that that's like a, like the banana peel or some sort of, uh, you know, like the garnishing of parsley on the plate of dinner, uh, something that may look nice or, you know, kind of culturally has some sort of place there, but, you know, between you and I is not really useful. Uh, and look at the difference between that approach and look at the difference between the approach of... Uh, of the Muslim translator And this is not obviously a blame that we put on on The the Sahibul kitab The Sahib al-Kashf al-Mahjub Actually included the Prophetic biography uh, It's the translator, the Kafir translator Who cut it out um, Look at what the difference is between the two of them Because it's really important nowadays We have this attitude of like taking Deen uh, even uh, it's, it's silly enough when we take Other parts of worldview from people who neither know Allah nor His Rasul sallallahu alaihi wa But look, at, look, now we've come to the point where people literally will take matters of their deen, matters of interpretation with regards to the Qur'an and Islamic law and creed, and even uh, soul from people who have no connection with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it's a complete and utter debacle and catastrophe. So look at what the difference is. So the difference is between uh, um, the the one who approaches deen and approaches tasawwuf from from within the tradition versus someone who approaches it without so the translator starts he says we praise allah ta'ala and we send his peace and, and peace and blessings on his messenger sallallahu alaihi Wasallam. the purpose of this treatise the entire book is to discuss the mashayikh of the, uh, uh, the aforementioned uh, spiritual tree uh, meaning the mashaykh of chisht, the tariqah Chishtiya, The prime motive for the uh, sulaha, the people of righteousness, is the acquisition of the divine mercy. It is quite obvious that it is disrespectful for one spiritually destitute in every respect to write about the illustrious awliya of Allah. Obviously, this is Hazrat Sheikh's uh, uh, humility. Otherwise, he was uh, a noble and honorable and worthy man to write about the the the, the the sacred and holy names of our mashaykh. The shajara is of the uh, sheikh, uh, 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 Qutbul alam, the pole upon which or around which the the known world rotates. The murshid of the known world, Moana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, may Allah Taala enlighten his grave. And then he mentions the names. Uh, which uh, the names of his Masha'ikh that connect him to thee, the shajara is his Sheikh, Mulana Khalil Ahmed Saharan Puri, Ta'ala, who connects to Mulana Rashid Ahmed Gangohi, uh, and our Sheikh, uh, uh, Sayyid Nafis Shah Sa'ab, uh, and uh, our living Sheikh, Mulana Abdul Hadim Chishti, and may Allah Ta'ala uh, preserve him and give him long life, and, uh, uh, and give him reward uh, on behalf of anyone who benefits from anything, um that that's mentioned here um both of them connect with uh the Sheikh Mulana uh uh Shah Abdul Qadir Raipuri from his Sheikh Shah Abdul Rahim Raipuri uh, who, uh from their Sheikh Mulana Rashid Ahmad Gangohi who was mentioned before who is the khalifa of Haji Imdadullah Al Muhajir Al Makki ta'ala who was uh, madfoon in the Jannatul Ma'la uh, he uh, died as a refugee uh, for having uh, defended his land in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against the colonizer um, who was the Khalifa of Miyajin, Muhammad Nur Muhammad Ta'ala, the Khalifa of Sheikh Abdul Rahim uh, the Khalifa of Sheikh Abdul Bari Siddiqi the, Sheikh, uh, the Khalifa of Sheikh Abdul Hadi the Khalifa of Sheikh Abdul din the, uh, the Khalifa of Sheikh Shah Muhammad Makya Ja'fari the Khalifa of Sheikh Khaja Muhibullah Ilaha Badi, the uh, uh, Khalifa of Sheikh Abu Sa'id al-Nu'mani, the Khalifa of Sheikh Nizamuddin taneseri the uh, Khalifa of Sheikh Jalaluddin taneseri the uh, Khalifa of uh, uh, Sheikh Al-Mashaikh Shah Abdul Quddus Gangohi who is from the same gango uh, the same village in uh, what's now UP uh, as the Sheikh Rashid Ahmad Gangohi, albeit several centuries before. The Khalifa of Sheikh Muhammad bin Sheikh Arif, the Khalifa of his father Sheikh Arif, the Khalifa of Sheikh Ahmed Abdul Radoli, rahimullah Radoli, the uh, Khalifa of Sheikh Jalaluddin Kabirul Awliya, the uh, Khalifa of Sheikh Khaja Shamsuddin Turk Pani Patti, the Khalifa of Sheikh Khaja Alauddin Sabir Kaliari. The Khalifa Sheikh uh, 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 Khadja Fariduddin Ganj Shakar, the Khalifa Sheikh Qutbuddin Bakhtiar Kaki, the Khalifa Sheikh Khadja Mu'ainuddin Chishti, the Khalifa Sheikh Uthman Harwani, the Khalifa Sheikh Khadja Sharif Zandani, the Khalifa Sheikh uh, uh, Khadja Maudud Chishti, the Khalifa Sheikh Sayyid Abu Yusuf uh, 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 Chishti, the Khalifa uh, Khadja Muhammad Abu Ahmed. تشتي ده خليفه الشيخ خاجه ابو احمد عبدل تشتي ده ابو أسحاق الشامي دخليفة خليفه الشيخ ميمشاد دينوري خليفة خليفه خليفه خاجه ابو حبير البصري ده خاجة خاجه حذيفه المعراشي سلطان ابراهيم بن ادهم ده خليفه فضل الشيخ فضل بن عياد ده خليفه الواحد بن زيد uh, the Khalifa of Sayyid, Sayyidina al-Hassan al-Basri, the Khalifa of Sayyidina Ali, Karamallahu wajahu, the Khalifa of, uh, uh, of of the most noble, uh, 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 Sayyidul Anbiya wal-Mursaleen, and the Habib of the Rabbul Alameen, uh, Sayyidina Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So in opening his book, uh, Hazar Sheikh mentions, uh, he mentions something very simply and almost nonchalantly, that the aim of reciting the names in the shajara is to supplicate to Allah Ta'ala for mercy through the medium of these names that had earned the love of the divine. Hence, it is appropriate to begin from the lowest state in the shajara progressing to the highest. If the medium of Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam is taken first, then there is no need to recite the name of anybody else uh, 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 if the medium of Rasulullah sallallahu is taken first Then there is no need to recite the name of anybody else uh, He said since the life conditions will now be narrated It is necessary to commence with the blessed narration of the Prophet sallallahu So look at uh, 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 مسkeen, uh, uh Nicholson That he cut out the biography of the messenger of Allah sallallahu And threw it away and he kept all of the rest of the mention of tasawwuf and the names of the mashayikh in his book. Whereas Hazrat Shaykh, Rahimullah Tubarak, what did he say? He said that we, when reading the names of the the the, the mashayikh in the Shajarah, we read from the, from the lowest rung first, which is the one that is furthest from the age of, of risala of of, of of prophethood. He said, if we read the name of the Prophet ﷺ first, then there would be no need to uh, even say the names uh, of the other Mashaykh. Uh, so this is a completely, a completely um, diametrically opposite approach to, uh, approach to tasawuf and seeing where the barakah is in the silsila. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, وَاتَّبِعْ Sabila مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيْهِ Sabil is a, a word that's in this case a synonym to tariqah. Uh, tariqah means a path, as does Sabil, it means a path. Allah Ta'ala says in His book, He says, uh, Follow the tariqah, follow the Sabil, follow the path of the one who turns to, uh, turns to me in repentance, turns to me in sincere uh, repentance and so who whose path is that other than the path of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wa on whose noble heart the verse was was was, was revealed so azr shaykh zakaria continues he says sayyidul qawane Khatimun nabiyyin Sayyidina muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa said it is an undeniable fact that for even the briefest discussion on the adorable attributes of the noble prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam large volumes are inadequate none of the departments of his life be it his character habits uh, acts of worship social conduct and other excellences miracles etc could be presented with justice to encompass his life is impossible thus purely for the sake of baraka for the sake of blessing uh, i will present a few droplets from the ocean of this treasure his blessed name sallallahu alaihi wasallam is muhammad it is a name chosen by his paternal grandfather, uh, uh, Abdul Muttalib. His mother named him Ahmad. Uh, beside these two names, he is known by many other names and titles, the enumeration of which is beyond the scope of this treatise. In the Mawahib Alama Qastalani, uh, the Muwahib Al Jalil, Alama Qastalani has indicated more than 400 names, while Ibn Dahya uh, narrates, according to the Sufia that the number reaches 1,000. The following is a family tree of the Messenger of Allah alaihi He is Muhammad, the son of Abdullah The son of Abdul Muttalib The son of Hashim The son of Abdul Munaf The son of Qusay, the son of Kilab The son of Murrah, the son of Ka'ab The son of Luay, the son of Ghalib The son of Fihr, the son of Malik The son of Al-Nasr The son of Kinana, the son of Khuzayma The son of Mudrika The son of Ilyas, the son of Mudar The son of Nazar, the son of Ma'ad, the son of Adnan. Until this point, the lineages recorded in Sahih Bukhari, there's unanimity on this view. However, some of the books of history uh, record the ancestry of the Messenger of Allah until Adam. Uh, Obviously, uh, uh, obviously there are other lineages, but but the one that's canonical is in bukhari and it's all the way to adnan and then we know from there it goes to Sayyidina ismail to Sayyidina ibrahim a.s. A.s. and then from there through uh, through to Sayyidina Nuhand, and to Sayyidina adam what the 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 names in the middle there are not uh, they're not taken as a matter of deen as firmly as uh, these names that were narrated between uh, the Messenger of Allah in Adnan and just to know that it goes through the other Prophets Ismail, Ibrahim, Nuh and Adam all the historians unanimously uh, 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 opine that the blessed birth of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was a Monday in the month of Rabi'ul-Awwal with regards to the date, there are two uh, opinions. According to one opinion, his date of birth is the 8th of Rabi al awwal and the other is that it's the 12th of Rabi al awwal coinciding with the 29th of August in the year 570 of the Common Era. While the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was still in the womb of his mother, his pa- father passed away at the age of 25 years and some months. So he was an orphan before uh, he was even born sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Every miraculous event and episode pertaining to his birth and upbringing is captivating. Every anecdote is worthy of mentioning. However, alas, this is beyond the scope of this concise treatise. It is, however, essential to mention that his upbringing was unlike that of other children. During his second month, he began to converse by signs. In the fourth month, he began to stand up on his legs. By the end of a year, he could walk and speak. Uh, at the end of his third year, when his uh, uh, wet nurse mother, by suckling, uh, say the Halima Saadia, had to return him to his mother, she understood thereby the termination of all the special blessings which she had so conspicuously observed and experienced during his three-year stay with her. Obtaining his mother's consent, she took him uh, with for another few days. However, on reaching her home. When the episode of his chest being split open happened, she was struck with fear. Thinking that something untoward may befall the child, she returned him to his mother. Uh, uh, The uh, episode of uh, the splitting open of his chest was the miraculous event of two angels taking away the little boy, uh, uh, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and removing his heart after a physical operation and the episode is described in the hadith literature in detail the blessed chest of the messenger of allah sallallahu was cut open on four occasions the first occasion while he was in was while he was in the custody of his foster mother halima as as mentioned above may allah be pleased with her the second operation occurred when he was 10 years old this is, event transpired in the desert. The third occasion was uh, at the time of being conferred with prophet- Prophethood and it happened in the cave of Hira, either during the month of Ramadan or Rabiul Awal, and the fourth occasion was on the night of Mi'raj. Shah Abdul Aziz, uh, uh, may Allah Ta'ala uh, enlighten his grave, elaborated on the subject in great de- detail while presenting the tafsir of Surat Alam Nashrah Laka Sadraq. Uh, the surah, uh, surah al-Inshirah, in which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala asked the question in the f- opening verse, that did we not make clear? Uh, uh, did we not make clear uh, the the state that that you felt in your heart? Um, those who wish to know more about these uh, episodes should refer to the detailed elaboration, which is also to be found in the second volume of Lamia darari darari also by Sheikh Zakaria. Uh, who is the author of this book. It's a uh, uh, a commentary on Sahih Bukhari. Um, he said the 12 stages of Rasulullah wasallam's uh, blessed heart are explained in detail uh, in, in in detail in that book. The purpose underlying each operation is also explained. Uh, Hazrat Shaykh Zakaria ta'ala, uh, at a, a, a kind of a dig at the um, at modernist people who uh, whose iman seems to be misplaced, um, and who seem to be kind of parroting a, a type of spiritual nearsightedness that the Mu'tazila had from before. For those of you who are familiar with uh, with the the old controversies of Aqidah, if not, you can listen to the Aqidah Tahawiyah series. Um, Hazrat Shaykh says, I'm astonished at the amazement with which some claimants to intelligence, display on account of the operations carried out on the heart of the Messenger of Allah In fact, I regard them as rejectors. Such operations occur in abundance in hospitals, and it is indeed astonishing that non-Muslims are able to carry out such operations, but these skeptics seem to think that the angels of Allah ta'ala are an- unable to do so. Of greater astonishment is their ina- inability to comprehend uh, um, the-, the diffusion of Iman energy and wisdom onto the heart despite their acceptance of things like electrical machines gaining energy uh, uh, and generating uh, electrical currents, generating physical energy in the body. He said, it's not my intention here to discuss the miraculous events of the life of the Prophet wasallam, rather to merely present a few examples of his spiritual exercises, the struggle against, uh, uh, against his, his, his human nature. Um, and the blessed habits of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi sallam. I shouldn't say that against some human nature But human impulses Against the, the human impulses that everybody has uh, And the blessed habits of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, Which are the fountain from which Gush out the mujahadat, The spiritual struggles uh, And abundance of worship That the Honorable uh, uh, the honorable uh, Sufiyah uh, uh, May Allah have mercy on him uh, uh, Exercised Uh, It is difficult to enumerate uh, even the hardships which Rasulullah ﷺ had to bear even in childhood. Before his birth, his father had passed away. At the age of six, his beloved mother had passed away. His grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, then took him under his care. But after two more years and two months, ten days, when the Prophet wasallam was eight years old, his grandfather also said farewell to this earthly abode. Those who have children will be able to understand these sad events uh, which occurred in quick succession. However, in relation to the persecutions which were in store for him in the future, these childhood hardships were even insignificant. Rasulullah wasallam from early childhood was the repository of of shining qualities mercy kindness honesty truth good behavior straightforwardness philanthropy patriotism justice etc were his praiseworthy attributes he was famed for his upright character the title of al-amin the honest one was awarded to him elderly people honored him uh, throughout makam mukarrama it was common knowledge that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam never spoke a lie had never committed a breach of trust, and never cast an evil uh, gaze on any woman, never slandered anyone, never spoke abruptly or dishonorably with anyone. By virtue of his noble character, everybody loved him. Uh, After the demise of his grandfather, uh, 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 he was placed in the care of his paternal uncle Abu Talib. Abu Talib had numerous dependents. He was very hospitable and generous. In addition, he had the status of a chieftain. The financial burden, therefore, was very heavy on him. Rasulullah Wasallam at the age of nine, accompanied Abu Talib on a trade journey to Syria. However, along the route, when they met Bahira, the monk, uh, he had advised the boy to be sent back and not taken into Sham, into the greater Syria, because uh, people posed a threat to him, uh, that he had certain signs in him, Uh, Of of being a great person and so there would be people envious of him and that would pose a threat to him When he was 25 years old, he went with the merchant uh, 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 Caravan of Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha uh, to Sham. On his return He handed his share of the profits to his uncle. This was only natural for one of uh, such character I mean his uncle had taken care of him and he was in straightened financial condition so he gave his profits uh, to his uncle in order to help him run the family uh, run the household the very same year he married Sayyidah the khadijah may allah be pleased with her who was 40 years old and he was 25. those who are confused and entertain the baseless basis idea regarding the plurality of his marriages should ponder this one incident is sufficient to dispel all confusion when he had spent his youth with an aging widow, then most certainly the number of marriages he contracted later in his life were motivated by dini expedient, by expedient of, 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 of the benefit of religion and spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual matters, and not anything else. That motive was the unification of the different tribes and families with whom his relationship had been created by the virtue of these marriages. This facilitated their entry into Islam. Sayyidina Khadija ta'ala, anha bore him four daughters and three sons. According to some versions, four sons. The names of the daughters of the Prophet sallallahu Sayyidina may Allah ta'a be pleased with her. Sayyidina Zainab, may Allah ta'a be pleased with her. Sayyidina Umm Kulthum, may Allah be pleased with her. And Sayyidina Fatima, may Allah ta'ala be pleased with her. The names of, her sons were Abdullah, of his sons were Sayyidina Abdullah uh, and Tayyib and Tahir and Qasim. One other son, Ibrahim, was born. Then later on, to uh, to another, uh, to another uh, wife of his. But other than Ibrahim, uh, his son who was born in Medina, Munawwara, All of his children were born by Sayyidah Khadijah, may Allah be pleased with her, al Muminin, our mother. Besides Sayyidah Fatima, anha, uh, Rasulullah had to bear the death of all of his children. All of his sons passed away in infancy. Along with the grief uh, of his children, he had to cope with the ridicule of the ignorant Arabs who mockingly called him a man without a tail on uh, quote unquote, on account of his having no male children. At the time uh, that the Messenger of Allah's Prophethood approached, he developed an increasing yearning for solitude and he loved to be alone. He would frequently seek the refuge of the cave of Hira, three miles from Makkah Mukarramah, he would take the barest provision of food with him he would remain in the cave in contemplation for many days at a time he engrossed himself in hamd uh, in the praise of allah ta'ala and in uh, thana, in in uh, in in the 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 adulation and uh, adoration of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tasbih in uh, in declaring the transcendence of allah and tahleel and declaring the oneness of allah when his food was depleted, he would go back to Makkah Mukarrama, only to return to the cave. During the month of Ramadan, he would take his wife and children along the whole Ramadan would be spent there. Six months before receiving prophethood, uh, the incidence of true dreams uh, increased in abundance. Uh, and it's very interesting um, that uh, the mashaykh tell us that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in a sahih hadith said that uh, a true dream is uh, one uh, uh, out of uh, 46 parts of, of prophethood and Rasulullah sallallahu six months prior to his prophethood had a marked increase in seeing dreams and uh, the messenger of Allah sallallahu obviously said this somewhere in the middle of his prophethood he said that 146th uh, part of nubuah is, is seeing a true dream and his nubuah lasted for 23 years so six months uh, uh, divided by 23 years is one out of 46. This is undoubtedly one of the, the, the miracles of the Messenger of Allah sallam that he was able to prophesy uh, the length of his life uh, for, those who, uh, who, for, for those who knew about these, these matters. And that's obviously something that nobody can know uh, later on. These dreams were crystal clear and would materialize exactly as he saw them. Often while wandering in the mountains, he would hear, "Assalamu salamu alayka ya Rasulullah, uh, peace be upon you, O Messenger of Allah, coming from the stones and from the trees. During this time, after he had gained the ability to bear the weight of revelation by virtue of his solitude and contemplation, Sayyidina Jibreel a.s. appeared to him with the initial verses of, of Surah Iqra, uh, inscribed on a silken cloth. These version, or These verses were... Read in the name of your Lord who created who created mankind from a clot of blood. Read and your Lord is the most generous, the one who taught by the pen, taught mankind that which he knew not. And uh, for those of you who've taken the Aqidah course, you know we mentioned that, that this is the purpose of Wahid, this is the purpose of Revelation, to teach mankind uh, that which he didn't know and that which he doesn't know and that which he would never have known had it not that uh, been that Allah Ta'ala had told him. So, inshallah, uh, with that we can uh, wrap up today's installment. Just one reflection, I guess a uh, personal reflection uh, About my own experience just in this one day uh, Or not even one day, but just in these couple of hours of Ramadan uh, That uh, Obviously our lives, we cannot make uh, We cannot make uh, any sort of realistic analogy Between them and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But just look for what we can find but uh, see how in order to receive a spiritual opening, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ for, for for, months and months, not only those six months, but for months before that as well, if not years, um, he prepared through his solitude and reflection and through his zikr, he prepared for that spiritual opening. And if that's what the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, who literally was created for, uh, for 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 receiving the khair and baraka that comes from the fadl of Allah Taala, then obviously we're not going to get it without preparation. And so uh, Allah forgive us, all of us know, know what's good and what's not. Um, but sometimes the rest of the year we allow time to go by uh, and and exercise a kind of spiritual laziness, and then when Ramadan starts. You know, the person who makes the resolution not to look at their phone so much. I wonder who could that, who, who, who could I be talking about right now. But the one who makes the resolution not to look at their phone so much and social media and, um, you know, that type of stuff. The person who is going to not waste their time watching YouTube videos. The person who's not going to waste their time, you know, doing things that are just really not of all that much benefit. Um, that person, obviously, they're going to suffer withdrawal. Um, obviously they're going to suffer from you know, wanting to go back to those things that the nafs likes. But the fact of the matter is, you have to make mujahada. If the Messenger of Allah had to make mujahada, sallallahu alayhi wa if you had to struggle, um, then you and I, there's no way we're going to get through it without struggle. And uh, struggle is one of those things, while you're doing it, it doesn't feel good to anybody. It doesn't feel good to anybody, no matter who you are. Pious and righteous people don't enjoy struggle um, because nobody enjoys struggle. Even though sometimes when you see somebody who's already made it, you're like, oh, it's easy for them. It wasn't easy for anybody. Um, It may be easier for some people, but the the act of struggle is not easy for anybody. So instead of feeling sorry for the self, just kind of suck it up and do it, take it on trust. And uh, we all know from experiences that we've had in our lives um, regarding s- spiritual matters and other matters as well, like education or physical, uh, you know, uh, physical health or whatever. We know from all of these other experiences that the struggle is worth it. Just bear it with a little bit of patience, especially in these opening days of Ramadan. You know, slug yourself over to, you know, tarawih. You know, lug yourself over to, you know, open up the Mus'haf, read from it. Um, there's so much rust built up on the heart from from the rest of the year. Um just tell yourself if the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa struggled, then who am I to get anything without struggle? In fact, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa his struggles were unimaginable. And our struggles are very small. And Allah Ta'ala gives us. He gives, he gives from... Allah Ta'ala doesn't load a, a soul with a burden more than it can bear. So if you can't bear a whole lot, then no, just a little bit of struggle, just put it in, inshallah. And Allah Ta'ala will make some sort of opening for you and for me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the barakah that is due to anybody who takes the name of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa and says the salat and salam after his beautiful and noble name. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the barakah of those who love Allah and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa and the righteous and the salihin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us uh, from the barakat of this month, from his fadl, from his gift that we did nothing to earn, and from his gift that we can never do anything to repay. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.